0: Welcome to Teacher Care Society, the podcast that talks about all news and development in the educational field. We have a good show for you today as I'm joined by Aaron Ronham, a fifth grade teacher from Los Angeles, California, as we'll be discussing the benefits of using humor in the classroom. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Today's guest is Aaron Rangel, a fifth grade teacher from Los Angeles, California. And welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing?
0: Good, good, good. Enjoy my last few days before uh, I head back. So, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: um, (laughs) Yeah.
1: We've jumped right back (laughs) in. So, here we go.
0: (laughs) Did you enjoy your winter break or did you have a lot of family? quality family time, any special holiday traditions?
1: Um, so with our current COVID situation, we definitely had some quality time, meaning, um, (laughs) playing board games and, you know, things like that inside the house. But, um, as far as traditions go, um, I kind of, we do do things on an annual basis, but I kind of leave it open. I let my kids, um, kind of give their input like, Hey mom, let's try this this year. Let's do this. Um, one thing that I, one new tradition that I introduced to them is called, um, the 12 books of Christmas. And, um, they're just short little picture books that I let them unwrap, you know, not one per child, but one (laughs) for all of them. (laughs) And, um, we unwrap it, you know, counting down the days to Christmas and reading and discussing, you know, theme and lessons and all those things, making it educational, but also, you know, centering around the idea and the value of reading and books, having books in our hands. So that's a tradition that, um, we all seem to enjoy together.
0: Oh, that's nice. I like how you said you play board games. That's, uh, not a lot of families do, or little you know, kids do that these days. It's mostly, you know, the video games.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know, um, my kids, well, since they're on distance learning, they're completely at home. Although as a teacher, I'm in the classroom, um, My kids really just, I mean, with distance learning, they're using more tech. Like we don't I've never had an iPad at home for them and they obviously need one every day for class. Um, so they've never been real techie type kids. Um, but they've always enjoyed, you know, playing cards and board games. So that's actually when they open a present and they get a board game, they actually are excited about it, which is cool as a mom. (laughs) No,
0: yeah, that is cool. It's definitely, I mean, I guess, uh, most of my kids are household is, yeah, it's iPads, uh, PlayStation. All those all those new games, so it's, it's, it's' a nice change um and then, yeah, so I guess we're officially halfway to the school year, and congratulations on all of us for that, <laughs> especially such a weird year, and I always treat them like the winter break kind of like a midway checkpoint to kind of reflect on the first half of the school year, seeing how it went, what I can do better um <laughs> uh just <laughs> can I make it to the second? can I survive the second half and so <laughs> Uh, since you actually returned, and I'm about to return, uh, I've been focusing on a lot of coping strategies. Uh, I'm a big believer in affirmations and uh, <laughs> taking care of myself. So I have like a like this like the massage gun I use a lot, um, and so I, it was a big investment because I've never paid that much for anything. But
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, do, how do you distress? Um, it's it's. I guess coincidental that you say affirmations because that's something that I've, um, started incorporating in my daily routine, like morning routine, actually just getting ready for the day because some mornings, I mean, as you probably are familiar with, you wake up and you're like ready to go. And then there's for me a lot more mornings where I wake up and I'm like, oh man, you know, I'm not really ready to go. So having those affirmations, like you can do this, we're going to, you know, push through, I can do hard things. And I've actually started to incorporate that into my morning routine with my students. Um, and at first, they were kind of like, "Miss Ron Hell, are you serious?" And I was like, "Come on, guys, you're gonna do it with me and they've they've gotten on board with it so affirmations um I've also started to and I've been really consistent with it, which I'm kind of proud of um I've started meditating and um being able to kind of just uh center myself and kind of like focus on nothing. And, uh, you know, there's always a thousand things going on, whether it's work related or family related or whatever it is. And just kind of just giving myself that time to, um, focus on myself and give myself kind of like some breathing room. Um, so yeah, those things have, have worked really well. Um, I've also, I've always thought of myself as an athlete. So getting out and doing some kind of fresh air type activity, um, despite COVID, um, but just even if it's a simple jog around the block or, you know, lifting weights in the garage or something small just for myself to feel, you know, kind of refreshed and re-energized.
0: Okay, that's nice. And then the, you said the affirmations for your students, right? How, what grade are they?
1: Um, so I've always been, I'm in my ninth year of teaching and I don't know how this happened, but I've always been a fifth, uh, I've always taught fifth grade all nine or all eight years. And this year, yeah, um, this year I have fourth and fifth grade. And at first I was like, oh, man, this is going to be hard. Um, But it's actually pretty cool. I thought it was going to be hard in general. But then on top with, you know, add on distance learning on top of that. Um, But it's actually been really um, interesting and fun at the same time. So, yeah, I, I do the affirmations with them as well to kind of build them up and show them how they can be their words have power and they can be in charge of their own attitude towards things because, um, you know, we can't control the things that happen to us, but we control, we can control how we react in our attitudes. So, um, I think it's, it's, it's worked. I mean, you know how some kids pick up more on things than others, but you know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. That's good. And then you, you, <laughs> you have gone to a lot of professional developments and i think you've done just about everything some of the ones i know for sure you've done are like stem coding cultural like social emotional mentorship for like new teachers i think you even did a social justice one so <laughs> which has been your favorite professional development you've attended
1: um actually I, we had one on monday monday was our first day back after winter break and um it was just the teachers, no students yet. And we had a guest speaker and it was, we're doing a series with him. So this is uh, the second uh, meeting or, you know, get together. And his name is Ken Shelton and he focuses on social justice. And, um, it was, I mean, I don't want to give this PD favor because it was the most recent. Um, but it, his, his, Focus is so relevant to the world we're living in today. Like the world we live in today is nothing like... The world that we grew up in and um, education today is nothing like, you know, it was when I was in school and um, my goal as a teacher is to prepare my students as best as I can for um, their lives in the real world to be good, well-rounded people and to be aware and um, tolerant of different cultures and languages and everything else. Um, so on Monday, it was just so enlightening because it, it, it pulled in current events, but it also was just talking about, we have so much, um, so much of an opportunity to equip our, our students, um, to be the, the, you know, the change in the world that we, we need to see. So, um, there's no specific title to this PD, but the the uh, the speaker, his name is Ken Shelton, and um, yeah, it was it was really. I walked away with so much information and so many links and follow up, you know, reading that I I want to do, and um, just kind of inspired. <sighs>
0: Yeah. Okay. That's nice. I mean, I, I like professional developments. I really like the ones there, uh, the retreats where, uh, you know, usually I was tape, uh, you know, you leave everything, pack up my stuff and you know, it just, it's nice getting away from certain problems in my town mm-hmm. and just getting with a whole bunch, a group of educators of the same passion. And I was supposed to go on one this year for transition planning, like cultural responsive practices. It's called the DCD. DCDT, so the Division of Care Development and Transition, uh, it was supposed to be in the Midwest states. I don't know which one it was supposed to be, but yeah. it was done virtually just because of COVID. And yeah, it was fun, but I would have way really preferred, you know, being in person. And yeah, yeah just the biggest part i think i'm missing is the networking uh, yeah you can network online but it is not the same as meeting people there and you know, just matching a face with uh, you know with the voice but yes
1: yeah
0: you actually attended a social uh, just as a uh, professional villain last year. I think it was called the Q 2019, right? Can you yes. tell me more about that? What does Q even stand for?
1: Um, that's a great question. <laughs> so um, Q, it's, um, it's an acronym, of course, in teaching. We always have our acronyms. Um, and it started out as, um, I actually don't know. I'd, I would have to look it up what <laughs> Q actually stands for because um, it started out as a tech conference, like just about technology. And it's moved away from that. So they kept the name. Um, but it's, it's kind of evolved from that. Um, so when, when I went to this conference, it was in, um, I went in 2019 and it was down in Palm Springs. And, um, it, the way it's set up is like you said, it's kind of like a retreat. You get away, you, you know, you're staying in a hotel and then you go to the conference area where all of these, um, uh, what would I call them? I guess presentations are being made. And, um, the, the subject matter ranges from, I mean, it could be from like how to create a sli- a Google slide deck and share it with your students to, you know, social justice, to, um, being, becoming a Google certified teacher, all of those things. Um, and so, um, you get to choose which, Uh, presentations you go to. So you get like this huge schedule. Um, It's actually, they, they did it digitally. So you can see, okay, at what, on this day, at what time, at this time, what's being offered. And so you kind of just make an itinerary for yourself as um, according to what you think would be um, beneficial for you and your students. And then you just show up at that time and you basically are there to just fill your bucket with all of these tools and, you know, techniques and stuff. Um, and I mean, I went to a variety of different things, some focus on math and some focus on writing and, um, there's so much to take away. I went with, uh, two other co no, I'm sorry, three other coworkers and my principal. And we just, we created a folder and we, as we were gathering information and taking notes on Google docs, we just dumped into the folder (laughs) to share with each other because it was like, too much for me to, to, you know, um, I guess process on my own. And then it was like, Hey, I'm going to go to this one. You go to that one. And then we'll just swap notes so that we could kind of like spread ourselves out and get out of it as much as we could. Um, it's, an amazing experience um you know there were teachers from my school who presented there were other people from the district that we would run into and we're like oh hey and you know like you said the networking and and seeing people face to face and in person and all of that it was really um an experience that can't really can't really describe it you you kind of have to experience it <laughs>
0: yeah i like that i like how you did the little uh dividing conquer so uh, one friend goes here one friend goes that way and then really take advantage of the, the pd by everyone attending different what, breakout sessions so yeah it's nice
1: and and to answer your question q <laughs> was originally coined it stands for computer using educators so it was really about you know like the tech wave um but like i said they've branched out since then
0: Okay. Yeah. That's nice. Um, So yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's jump into our topic and that's humor. So I like to think of myself as a fun individual with a good sense of humor uh, Mm -hmm. or I've been told. And so (laughs) I, I told, I've been told that I have sarcastic humor, but I guess I would, classifying my humor is dramatic. I get very silly with my coworkers, uh, as I'm sure everyone has like, you know, the after hours with the, the coworkers and, you know, chatting and gossiping and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what kind of humor would you describe for yourself? <laughs>
1: Um in general okay so I feel like I'm a different humorous type of person in in front of my students than I am like in general. Um I definitely can get with the sarcastic humor. Um I can give it, I can receive it. Um I've definitely employed it with my students. I'm going to say because I have the older ones and they can, you know, kind of run with it. Um but I I feel like I'm just kind of like uh happy go lucky. I I don't like tell jokes intentionally, but in conversation, I'll just make like little comments here and there. And I'm definitely game for being the butt of the joke <laughs> as long as it's like in good fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's nice. So, um, you know, with humor, I guess this is the we'll get into the science of humor a bit. So basically what humor does for the body, um, so we're going to connect that with the benefits in the cloud. So to break it down, laughter like acts adds oxygen to the bloodstream, which we know is good for the brain. And we know that leads to laughter releasing endorphins or at least a euphoria. So basically, yeah, humor could be seen as a type of drug if you really want to get technical. But most importantly, humor does help with stress, pain, decrease blood pressure, muscle tension, and even help uh, boost immune defense. So I'm sure everyone's heard that phrase like uh, humor is the best matter And so, you know, taking all that knowledge and applying it in the classroom environment, you know, we have children who are laughing, developing like that strong communication, critical thinking skills. We have students becoming more creative and helping them cope with stress, which a lot of students are doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and we seem to have that correlation the increase with self motivation. So we have tense performance, divergent thinking, reduction, reduction of anxiety and stress, um, particularly dealing with difficult materials. Um, and so. There's also, if a teacher incorporates a lot of humor in the classroom, it creates a, a psychological bond between the students and, and, and the faculty. And, you know, with all these benefits, you know, who would want to use cl- uh, humor in the classroom? Um, but it's actually easier said than done. Uh, it's not that easy for, for teachers just to start like cracking jokes in the classroom. Uh, I'm sure from your experience and mine as well, sometimes like the best jokes are the unplanned ones. And yeah. I'm not saying, you know, you have to be a comedian all of a sudden, um, you know, but the best place to start for, if you do want to do humor is like you said, kind of to start poking fun at yourself um so for example if something doesn't quite go your way um something silly happens and this happens with me so I'm, I'm with the younger one so a lot of stuff fails me particularly technology and so i don't panic i take advantage of that moment and be like oh how silly or like oh the computer's yeah. not working. Oh, I dropped this, whatever it may be. And so I, I, I pointed out and we all have a good laugh, good chuckle. And you know, I, I basically teaching the kids, Oh, it's okay. Has there yes. been times for you where you put a lot of planning into something and then just it completely goes wrong. And then I guess you just laugh it off with your class.
1: Um, totally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, if we're talking distance learning wise, it's most of the time it's. Uh, it comes down to tech. So the internet, um, when that kind of stuff happens, uh, I'm all about whenever there's a mistake made, whether it's on my part, which is often, um, or, you know, if it's a student, uh, on the on a student's part, I'm all about, sure. Let's acknowledge it. And yep, we made a mistake. Okay. We're going to move on and always making sure that they know it's not a big deal. It's not the end of the world. Um, we're not going to make, you know, a big, uh, seen about it. And, um, I point out everybody makes mistakes. Now when it's on my end, I definitely am like, you know, if it's technology, I'm like, Oh my goodness, you guys, the internet is not my friend right now. It's doing this, it's doing that. And they're like, and they'll start to respond And like the little kind of bantering back and forth is kind of like the time filler. So I can figure it out. Um, but they're like, Mr. On Hill, why is it doing that? Oh my goodness. And, you know, it just kind of starts this funny little conversation And instead of everyone sitting there quietly and awkwardly, like, okay, kind of (laughs) tapping fingers, um, whenever I'm in person or when I've been in person with them, um, and let's say I'm like writing on the board and. I'm saying a math problem out loud, but then I write the wrong numbers or if I spell like a simple word incorrectly, I'm like, Oh my, my gosh, guys, why? Hello? Is anyone paying attention? Nobody saw this. Nobody wanted, you know, and I kind of like joke with them that way. And they know that I'm joking. I think that's the key um, that even if it seems like I'm poking fun, they, they know, they know that I'm um, joking with them. And so they don't feel like they're, you know, being put on the spot or being made fun of and it's still a safe comfortable environment um i feel like they it also lets them uh know that they can kind of do the same with me and um they've never been disrespectful about it so they'll say oh man mrs Hell, and the, you know they'll kind of crack a joke as well which i welcome because like you said um having the humor in the classroom kind of gives everyone um I don't know, a place, a voice, it makes them feel comfortable, even for the students who are less likely to speak up or, you know, just more timid. It kind of breaks the ice a little bit.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're totally uh, right about you. when you do, when something doesn't go right and you kind of laugh it off, you know, it's much better than having like dead silence or dead air. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. time it's like dead silence, I imagine that like that Jeopardy counting down uh, theme song. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I would be really surprised if you didn't make any mistakes. Um, we all make mistakes. And uh, I, I sometimes do make mistakes on purpose. Like you said, like uh, uh, hoping the students do catch me in the act, oh, you know, why didn't anyone tell me or why is no one paying attention? Uh Um, But sometimes when things do go wrong and like there's nothing at all, like we can predict uh, that this might happen, uh yeah you know mention it uh, laugh it with the class and again teaches us to laugh at our ourselves when we make mistakes it's healthy um but yeah, th- yeah the important thing is to learn from the mistakes uh I, I just I don't want to make the same mistakes over 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 over, and over again with my class because then I guess the joke gets old and then the kids will definitely know I'm, I'm yeah. forcing it but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, a great way to incorporate humor uh, for me is. In the morning. So we have like a morning circle. And for me, it's a great way to, I guess, how you do it, like get everyone off on the right foot. So everyone's off in a good mood, um, kind of like an icebreaker. You know, certain kids that might have woken up crankier to eat breakfast, if you get a little chuckle in there in the morning, then that's great. And with incorporating humor, you don't really have to start from scratch, um, particularly if it's like you don't necessarily if humor is not your thing and it's not something you do frequently but you can take advantage of resources that are out there already in content Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah there's lots of youtube channels there's lots of youtube videos and i'm sure like other educational content by the textbooks (laughs) as well and one thing that i do like to do is when i greet the students i kind of have like a like a funny morning greeting Uh, something what i do is like we go over emotions all right friends show me a happy face sad face all right show me a silly face or a scary face and uh, you know I, I, tongue out eyebrows up big eyes uh, you know stretching the, the cheeks and mm-hmm. so it add's it, some humor there um <sighs> And then I guess pre-COVID, uh, you know, you can even do this humor as far as like reading the kids, a special handshake if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, and for me, I also share funny stories or I let the students share funny stories. Like, oh, what happened over winter break? Oh, what did you do for your birthday? And just also get that social emotional aspect right, that part as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing with like sharing funny stories, it, or even just sharing anything funny in general can go with a theme. For example, uh, like for me in the morning circle, we have like a job of the day. Mm-hmm. We have like a shape of the day. Um, and I try and incorporate humor that has to do with that particular content we're going to be learning that day. Um, it kind of helps me gauge how, you know, if students are in a good mood, like, all right, who's cracking, who's still waking up. Um, and yeah. <laughs> also kind of like, if the kids don't get the joke, then I realize like, all right, maybe they're not paying attention because the joke will have to do with like the content, like the punchline will have to do maybe with math or whatever it is. Um, do you incorporate, I guess, humor in like your morning routine or just to start off the day?
1: I do. Yeah. Um, so like you said, I um do or you mentioned doing a morning circle. And um I kind of I one thing I really miss about being in the classroom with all of them at the same time is I would even though they were big kids, um, I would bring them all to the carpet and we would literally sit in a circle and pass the talking piece and you know, um have that like I don't know, I, I always tell them we're a family. We spend so many hours together that in reality, I spend more time with them than I do with my family. And so we're, you know, um, so I still do, I still try to use that concept, even though we're all sitting in front of our own computers zooming. But, um, so I always do. It it also helps me remember to do attendance on time. Um, I'll either give them a, would you rather question? And the questions can be really silly sometimes. So, um, sometimes they're like, on hell. really? I don't, I don't know. I can't choose. And it, it just, it gets them thinking first thing in the morning, but it also kind of loosens things up. Like, hey guys, we don't always have to jump right into like division. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just kind of like a, a, a chill way to start the day. Um, something I, since we're virtual, something I, um, just started doing is, um, well, we've always done math warmups and it, it involved visuals of different things and relating it to math. So to make it more of a social emotional thing, um, the game is called one must go. And so there's three Pictures or four pictures of pictures of either three or four things. And um they have to choose which one has to go and then tell why. And so for example, um this week we did one and it had a picture of pizza, wings, tacos, and a burger, like a big juicy bacon burger. And so in my head, I figured, um, oh, they're gonna get rid of the wings. That's just like my prediction. And it came down to it and they're they're explaining, they're going through and they're explaining, and I'm like, okay, you guys, you're really throwing me off, they got rid of the tacos. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And they're like, look at those shells. Those are disgusting. And, you know, just hearing their responses and letting them have a moment to be themselves and not like have to wear their academic hat all the time. Um, Another fun one that we do, it's not always necessarily part of the morning routine, but sometime throughout our day, um, doing cahoots. Um, and they're on so many different topics that, you know, there's so many possibilities. Um, but they like, when you hear them talking back and forth to each other, um, it's just hilarious. you know, (laughs) even if it's a math topic, they're like. Hey, Adrian, I didn't know blah, blah, blah. And like, it's always in fun. And at the end, no matter, even though there's like a podium and stuff, you know, digitally, um, in a first place, in a second place, they always in the chat are like, good game, good game. And so it's really, I've noticed it really has built camaraderie. And, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the students who are shy and would never, ever talk, are talking because they're just interacting with each other. They don't, they don't look at it as you know having a discussion or like doing anything um, academically or anything like that. Where on my end, I'm like, these kids are learning how to talk to each other and they're learning how to function. And, you know, so, um, those are a few of the things that I've done that I've noticed the kids really enjoy.
0: Yeah. That's nice. And I, I do like the idea, like, um, maybe the students who are a little bit shy or you know, a little bit more hesitant and just getting them to grin or, you know, have a chuckle there is is a big accomplishment because, you know, they're laughing with the class and that's yes. nice and some yeah. of these kids like say some really really funny stuff like funnier than what some of these you know, big comedians are saying so yeah <laughs> they say the darnest things
1: yeah I, I really I mean this year um well actually in in a lot of the years but this year um my students have used you know some slang terms and as I get older not all of them are on my radar and I'm like what what did you just say and them explaining it to me and saying Some of them I'll use I'll incorporate it because I want them to feel like, hey, you can use your language in here as long as it's appropriate language. You know, you can um, it's not all about correct grammar all the time. And, you know, they have they have their own language when they're talking to each other on the playground when that used to happen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I just want them to feel comfortable in the classroom with it. But, yeah, they definitely have their own personalities and um, you can see it coming out in the class.
0: Yeah, it's really nice. Um, and then like one thing I like to do with humor is kind of not only is like a great introduction for like their morning circle and kind of engage to see how we're feeling, but I also do it as a, as an icebreaker to introduce new concepts. Um, again, in like my morning circle, I'm I'm actually surprised how much I cram in that, but not only do we do, you know, we do our like job of the day and like season of the week and shape of the day and, and all those, we also work on like fine motor skills and Keep in mind I have the little ones. So some of the like fine motor skills we might work on, like is like twisting off a cap or folding a towel or how to clip off or clip on a, a carabiner, or how to use keys. And so when I'm modeling how to use and work on these fine motor skills, I'm really exaggerative. So like making a silly face, really selling it like the whole, like the, the twisting of the arm or the rotation, of the arm. And yeah, it's silly, but it keeps the students engaged. I really have their attention and like, and keep in mind, this is me doing it, you know, by a distance learning behind a computer. So
1: yes, I got to do what I can <laughs> to
0: get their attention and by me, like being just over the top, it really emphasizes um, the certain parts I really want students to pay attention. Like if I whatever, like twisting or I would like really emphasize like me twisting the uh, the rotation of the wrist, so that the students can see, oh, this is how you twist on or twist off. Yeah. And I will purposely model an incorrect way sometimes and I'll ask the students like oh is this how I do it and they all go say no and then I'll do it wrong again uh, sometimes even more exaggerative and like is this how I do it They will say no and they'll have a good laugh and then um, I'll ask them how do we do it and they all do it correctly mm-hmm. um, but yeah this, I mean these are some of the you know kind of the same way that you would introduce I guess model uh, how you, you introduce like behavior expectations or like classroom rules where you model first expected behavior like you know uh, like, you know sitting down uh, for me I have like calm hands quiet mouth uh uh, so those are my rules, and so I, I try model them, and then I'll model an incorrect way. Again, I'll be really over the top, and then I'll have the kids model the correct way for me. And um, the kids have a good laugh; it's it's funny, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's 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 a fun way to introduce uh, new concepts and I guess behavior expectations. Do you do you something similar like that, where you use humor kind of like a gateway for like the the new lesson or the new content you're going to teach?
1: Definitely. Um... I, I I guess if like if I was on the outside looking in and like watching me with my <laughs> students, I feel like I'm always performing like I'm like a class clown as far as like <laughs> there are definitely serious moments. Um, but I'm all about um, being big, like you have to like. Like if I want them to pay attention to me to see what I'm doing, like I have to hold their attention somehow. So for example, you said, um, modeling correct and incorrect behavior. I'm all about like, when we are in the classroom, I'll sit in the chair incorrectly and do something that I know that a student, you know, they always rock on the back, two legs and lean their chair back. Right. <laughs> so modeling that, or like putting my feet up or something outrageous where they're like, Oh my God, is my teacher doing this right now? And I'll even, say that like oh my gosh you guys do you see me right now how ridiculous is this is this safe is this respectful you know is this and I'll point out all the things because at my school, we have four, um, we call them positive choices and we focus on safe, being safe, respectful, responsible, and a problem solver. And so I always, you know, if I'm modeling something incorrectly, I'm like, okay, you guys, is this safe? Is this responsible? Is this, you know? And they're like, no, you should do this. And it's like, okay, even like the kid who doesn't shout out all the time will be like, Mr. John, hell you're being ridiculous. You should know this. And I'm like, no, I'm old. My ears are old. My (laughs) eyes are old and they'll, they're so funny. They're like, well, how old are you? And I'm like, you guys, I'm not really that old. I'm just saying like, you have to help me sometimes because my brain is slow and, you know and I just say stuff like that and they're like, is she serious right now? And then other times, you know, for doing something, I'm like, trust me, guys, I'm really smart. Like I made it past fifth grade, obviously. Right. If I'm the teacher and they're like, okay, okay. You know? So, um, I, I, I feel like I, I throw it in wherever I can because, um, like they, they need to see that it's okay to be that way. They need to see like, yeah, she's modeling appropriately, appropriate stuff, like ex. Uh, positive expectations. And she's also modeling what she's not expecting from us. Like we're better than that. And I do phrase it that way as well. I'm like, you guys are better than this. You guys are like top notch. Like you are so much better than this. And you're like, really? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, hello. Um, so I definitely use humor. Um, I have one kid this year specifically. He is like, my principal describes him as being a grumpy old man because that's his, attitude like majority of the time he's just like bah humbug and he'll joke about it too but his joke is obviously a very dry humor and um it's kind of like our inside joke that if we can get him to smile like we've done something good and so um you know when he he Math is his, like, that's his jam. So, like, if he does math and he he volunteers an answer and he gives it to me, like, I make the biggest deal about it. And, um, you know, just to get that grin out of him to make it like, hey, guys, it's not always serious. So I feel like humor is definitely always in the in the class you know um there's very few times where we're, we're like serious <laughs>
0: yeah and yeah that's a good point i mean just because we're in a school environment you know it's supposed to be all oh, academics it doesn't have to be serious all the time um like let's see i, I wish i did this more but like pre COVID. I, I only did this for a little bit and then the school got shut down. But I used to have like these um like these meme contests. And last year oh. I had the fourth grade. And so um basically what would happen is in our morning circle we would have I would like present uh, either a clip or a picture. Um and I, I think the, the video clip that I did was a. Uh, What's it called? It was the the Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis Freaky Friday, the two thousand three version. And so I would put like a clip from it, um, like provide no context and. I would pause it and then I would have the students like, all right, write, write a caption for this or whatever, whoever made the best caption would win. And so I think in that specific example, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but there's this scene where Jamie Lee curse is trying to wake Lindsay Lohan up and like Lindsay Lohan, is like grabbing onto the, the bed frame of the bed and Jamie Lee Curtis is pulling her by the ankles. And I, I told the kids, all right, who can come up with the best caption for, for oh. the scene? And uh, some of the responses are pretty funny. Some of the, I think one of the, I think my favorite one, one is where a student says when you have a test at school, but that you didn't study for and don't want to go to school or something like that. Um, and then also like meme contest. So again, I'll provide a, a picture on with no contacts whatsoever and it'll come up. And we'll have a vote and see you know which is the funniest one. And it, it's a good way. The kids are having fun, uh, and getting to see everyone's kind of humor. Um, and we just—I feel like we're starting off in the you know the right foot. And humor is not only uh, an important characteristic, I guess, for teachers, but it's also for students as well. Um, now that now that I'm with the younger ones, uh, I'm kind of showing them what certain humor looks like. Um, because some of them, yeah, they, they like like slapstick humor, but some of them don't really know certain other humors, like where there's a punchline. And so, I'm kind of modeling like what this humor looks like for them to them for the first time. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm not inventing comedy here, but you know, kids will laugh if I do something funny. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to trying to model. Again, if we're going back to the behavior expectations and I'm doing something wrong on purpose and like the kids think I'm being serious, I'm like, no, 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 this is a joke, friends. <laughs> and then th- that means that, all right, I got a model to them and saying like, you know, this is me being funny. This is me being silly. This is not how we actually... Do it, um, and then we have a good laugh. Um, and so, you know, humor helps create a more open atmosphere and with the classroom management as well. So, let's see uh, that example that I said earlier. Where say maybe I have a student who might act up, and I already model the correct behavior, then I could say something like, "All right, friends, we're we're done being silly." Um, and this happens a lot after lunch. Where my kids just don't want to do any work anymore because it's like that halfway point, and they're just they're tired, and so they'll start acting up and say, "All right, friends," is all you know. Is this what we do? or It's time to be, stop being silly. Or sometimes, "All right, friends, we can be silly for ten seconds," and I haven't like shake. You know, shake their hands, or we call them "shake their wiggles out," and that's kind of like a nice way of me saying it's time to get serious. You know, time to work. We're we're done messing around. Um, It sounds a lot nicer than "all right, cut it out." All right, you know, know, uh, stop the smack talk. And it's it's a much nicer way of saying it's time to work, and it's a good attention getter as well. Do you, I guess, have maybe like certain funny phrases or like attention grabbers to let the students know that all right, it's time to stop fooling around and it's it's time to focus
1: um yeah definitely let's see um it always changes with every year because like my last year my student the students that i had last year that group was so chatty i (laughs) felt like i was doing an attention grabber like i don't know multiple times throughout the day um because they would just kind of get going and kind of go off on a tangent this year it's a it's different it's a different different group of kids so i I'm not using them as much as before, um, but I feel like I have some defaults. So (laughs) my go-tos are, I do waterfall, waterfall, because I don't know why it's just the first one that pops in my head all the time. (laughs) And, um, like I teach when I teach it to them, I have them practice it. And I kind of like overuse it the day I teach it to them just to like make sure they understand how it actually works. And, um, even if it's not in a real situation, um, where I'm trying to quiet them down, I'll say, okay, guys, go ahead, start talking to each other, start talking, and they'll all get chatty. And then I'm like, okay, and then I'll do it. And I'll say, waterfall, waterfall. And I make sure that they understand after you guys respond, it is silent. Like I should hear my shoes squeaking, like it is <laughs> silent. And we'll just practice it like that. And they're like, really start talking. And I'm like, yeah, go start talking. And I'll do it. And then they'll, some of them will do it properly and get quiet, and then others won't. And then we'll just kind of do that until they get it. So that's definitely a go to. Um, um, Another one that is kind of a go to because it's school wide, like our principal uses it at assemblies, she says ST and then they say OP. Um, that one's not my favorite because it's just <laughs> not my style. Um, another one that I use, especially if we're doing art or anything where they have like a bunch of stuff like in front of them, it's mac and cheese, everybody freeze. And <laughs> it sounds like it's for little kids um, and it might be, I don't know, but I like <laughs> like using it with these kids because like, I'll play on, I'm like, put them up, put them up, like nothing in your hands, nothing. And I make like e- exaggerated faces and like, <laughs> you know, I'm over exaggerating with my hands in front of them and they're kind of laughing at me. Um, they know though, that if I say the this group, they know that if I say the attention getter that like, I'm not joking around anymore because I hardly ever use them with them. So, um, It's kind of different because of our um, COVID situation, but since we're on Zoom now, I let the kids during recess stay in the room and, um, you know, hang out and play and do whatever they're going to do. And I definitely had talks with them and kind of trained them on, you know, using the chat and all of those things. Um, so when I come back and I turn on my camera and my audio, I, I just kind of count them down. I'm like, okay, guys, we're done. You're out of the chat and I'll count them down. So it's, it's more, I guess, formal because we're at a distance. Um, but yeah, I, I just have a few. I mean, I have like a, an exhaustive list, I think, typed up in my drive somewhere. <laughs> um, but you can't have all of those memorized. You can't use them all at once.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, for me, and then I, I, again, this whole COVID thing kind of changed certain things. And so when I was in the classroom, I used humor a lot for classroom management and uh, one of my teacher friends this is what she did. So I guess the phone will go off in class and you know, that's a big no, no. And so basically my, I mean, the teacher started dancing like really like awkwardly, like it's so like no rhythm. And, and so, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I, she said, all right, she said, you know, turn off the phone I'll start dancing again. And then another example, uh, this is one I use is if I'm trying to explain something or giving directions and I, I hear chatter and, while I'm trying to give directions, I'll I'll be exaggerated. I'll like grab my, you know, I'll put my hand over my chest and be like, oh, my heart. I, I thought I heard someone talking over me and they all get a good giggle and then like, it's quiet after that. Um, do you use humor for classroom management?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> um, when you said like, grabbing your chest and be like, oh my gosh, my heart. Yeah. Um, I've definitely said to students before like, oh my God, you guys are breaking my heart right now. Like it is broken. And they're <laughs> like, what is she talking about? And, you know, I can't remember a specific instance, like what they were doing, but it's just them being like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, what is she, what is she talking about? Like, is she okay? And then they're like, okay, she's fine. Um, or like I have, (laughs) I have these two girls this year who, both of them came from a different campus um, within our district. And so um, they're super excited to be in class together because at their old school, they were in class together. Um, but I guess it wasn't a very positive experience for them. So now that they're um, on ca- they're at a new school in the same class. And despite distance learning, they, they're, um, a few of my students who are actually coming to campus. And so they will get, these two will get super chatty, like across the room, like, you know, disrupting other people trying to do their work. And so I'll go into like, Oh my gosh, Anita. And I'll just, you know, kind of put on this new persona where she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. So I was just thinking that we need to do our work right now. And then she's like, oh, OK. And so it's it's pretty sarcastic, like the <laughs> you know, the tone I'm having and the like this persona and it but it gets her attention because I mean, she's a fifth grader. She's older, um, but it, it grabs her attention because she's like, why is she talking about that? Oh wait, she's not joking. Like she is joking, but she's not joking that I should be doing my work because she knows what she's supposed to be doing. Um, And I I found that it just kind of like the I guess the methods that I use it depends on what student it is. It depends on the situation. Um, I feel like it's really organic. Like I don't have like a, a game plan, like, Oh, this is how I always deal with this. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. It sounds like a, Oh, so like an alter ego then
1: because I mean, these are the girls that, I mean, with our, we have a, a, new routine at school on campus right now. And so, um, on the day where I'm watching my very small group of kids on the playground, um, like I'm, I'm standing out there. So these two girls will come up and be like, okay, so like, what did you do this weekend? And like, what do you, what's on your Instagram? And so like, they kind of want to talk to me like that. And so I, that's how I, know that it's okay to respond to them this way yeah yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's funny um so yeah humor is you know not only great for you know for yourself and for your students but you know students want a fun teacher and they want to have fun learning and you know students have revealed that if a teacher is lacking a sense of humor then they kind of think it's reflective of, you know, poor teaching. And so they view students or they view teachers who don't smile or who don't laugh or tell jokes or basically just, you know, a deadpan face all the time as a poor teacher. And, you know, when you think about it, from the opposite side, if, you know, if I'm a student and I see my teacher that never smiles, they it being quite intimidating. Like, they, they don't say a single joke and it just give me the lecture, the lesson and that's it. Then, yeah, it can be very intimidating. And I view humor as a great way to build that student teacher rapport and... Um, back when I was doing my student teaching, um, this is something my master teacher really emphasized. And you know, even now, uh, my certain mentors that I have at the school, I have, um, particularly the principal, they, they really emphasize, you know, try and have fun, try and make sure the kids are having fun, especially during like hard times. Like we're having right now, we still yeah. want it to be somewhat enjoyable and, you know, students will enjoy learning from teachers who have a funny side and in turn that leads to the students you know learning a great deal more since they're engaged you know if the students are are laughing and they're having a good time they'll be more willing to participate in, in, the, in the learning and for you i guess growing up did you you know did you have teachers that were funny and did you, i guess did you find yourself learning more from teachers that were that had a funny side
1: um, it's funny you ask that because no, like, um, <laughs> I don't remember any of them being like kind of, Oh, so funny. No, like they, like how we're talking about how it was, uh, how we'll say, Oh my, you're breaking my heart. <laughs> and, you know, um, I don't remember that at all. Um, but I guess I should also say, I don't remember A lot (laughs) like from from my schooling. Like when I was small, when people say, Why'd you become a teacher? Is it because you just loved school and your teachers are so great? And I'm like, no, I just, you know, like I don't, you know how some teachers are like, I knew that from my second grade teacher that I wanted to be just like her. And um, I don't I don't really recall all of that from my teachers. I do know that you know, some were more serious than others and some were like easygoing. Um, but as far as like trying to incorporate humor to make sure we were all comfortable and trying to establish like a safe environment for us. It never came off that way. Um, I remember having connections with my teachers who were also my coaches. Um, that was something, uh, that had an impact on me, but I feel like I connected with them because we had a different, um, interaction outside of the classroom. So, um, unfortunately I don't remember my own teachers being very (laughs) funny. I guess I was just lucky to have like had a a good schooling or educational career despite that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I, I did, I think I do remember. So (sighs) And most people don't like math. I do like math, but back when I was in high school, I was in an AP math class. I think it was trigonometry. And so, um, everyone wanted to be with his teacher because he, he was funny, but not like the normal, like what most people would find funny. He was like really sarcastic deadpan, uh, in his delivery of the, of the humor. And so, um, most of his jokes were like really higher thinking, <laughs> And so if uh, half okay. the class didn't get it, then I, he, he wouldn't explain it. He's like, all right, those who understand the content or the lesson will, will laugh at the joke. But there were good jokes if you, if you understood it. But Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and, and then one way I did like that he introduced... Did humor um, and something that kind of rubbed off on me that I, I've been doing is trying to incorporate humor into tests and like homework assignments, and it's, it's a great way of a, you know, alleviating stress and even for tests, like kind of break that that, that exam like that, that tension that you have in that room. And so, you, one of the ways you can do it is having like silly options in a test, particularly if it's multiple choice, um, kind of reduce that anxiety that's often associated with assessment. So, you know, you can have like really outlandish. Uh, options with multiple choice and kids will know that they're not, you know, they're not the right answer. Yeah. <clears throat> and You can even incorporate like humor last minute. If you don't have it planned out, particularly in, you know, some uh, assessments um, for those who finish early, you can, all right, have them turn over the paper and for extra credit draw, a funny picture or write a joke. Um, if you don't have anything planned out and you know, what I would try and do is keep the humor like educational, um, Having to do with the, you know, either with the test or with the homework, um, or I even had some cases where I had students like as a extra credit, you know, write their own question and then write, you know, give me a right answer and give me like two outrageous answers, um, but yeah, and then one of the jokes I think was, uh, you know, what did the two tectonics play to so each other when, well, what did the two tectonics plates say when they bumped into each other? And the students would say, oh, it's not my fault, or something like, oh, it's too no. much friction between <laughs> us. Or let's give this another crack, something like that. So try incorporating the tests and, and assessments and homework. And mm-hmm. again, if, if it's unplanned, you can always just have the kids like doodle something funny or write their own joke. Mm-hmm. Do you use, um, Humor for like tests and homework assignments.
1: I, I mean, yeah, listening to you, I, I guess I do. Um, <laughs> it hasn't been intentional. So a few things um, you mentioned, the multiple choice options um, and giving them. I talked to them about test taking strategies and um, eliminating distractors. So we all know that sometimes or a lot of times there's like option. One of the options is just totally random, irrelevant, has nothing to do with anything. And, um, yeah, throwing in one that is like, we're talking about, um, you know, the four spheres on earth and I'm going to throw in a, the answer is 27, you know, like just something crazy or like Susie, Susie broke her toe or, you know, <laughs> something just totally random. Um, I've done that. Um, especially it, we use quizzes and Kahoot. So those are really easy, um, you know, apps to do that with. Um, I also have them use an app called chatter So regardless of what we're talking about, regardless of the subject matter, I allow them to use whatever picture they want. So the, the app is you take a picture or you get a picture and then you draw a mouth where your picture is now going to talk. And then the student records their voice for whatever their response is to my question. And so whatever picture it is, is talking and the student's voice is coming out. So the students, I mean, this isn't me, this is their humor. Um, But I think it's allowing their humor to shine through by giving them this type of um, response option. Um, The types of pictures that they choose or like... Um, where they draw the mouth or something. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, another one, we did this right before we went on break. The the activity was, we were talking about the water cycle. And so the activity was called my life as a drip. And so they were taking on the persona of a drip of water and they were going to go through the water cycle, but they had to give this drip a personality. Like, hey, I'm Kimberly. And here I was just, floating in the ocean, minding my own business. And then all of a sudden the dumb sun had to shine so bright. And then they had to like, take me through the water cycle. And, um, it's just so cool to see the type of stuff that some kids come up with. Um, you know, some kids just do the assignment straight in there, you know, just regular old assignment where other kids really run with it. And you're like, Oh my God, this kid is hilarious. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I found that instead of me trying to put the jokes in this, you know, in the test or assignment, um, opening it up for them to show their personality is kind of where the humor comes in.
0: <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> um, so I'm teaching sped better right now. So I have, I have the little ones, the TK one. But last year I was in uh, fourth grade and uh-huh. <sighs> I use humor a lot for like problem solving, promoting creativity. And, um, let's see. So going back to the example I said earlier, where I had like those meme contests, um, or like the best caption for the video clip, clip. I do this to like encourage students to be creative and really think outside the box. Um, I guess even the example, like back in my high school days with my math teacher, like he had these like highbrow, um, jokes and riddles that you have to solve. And I, I kind of did that as well. Um, mm-hmm. to kind of promote that, like non-conventional thinking, um, you know, you, you have certain students that might be a little bit higher achieving and then they could you know, have a crack at, it, at those jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm all for that using humor for critical thinking and you just even add certain elements where I have students collaborate with each other. So I like even solving a riddle or a joke and have students work with each other to see if they can find other, their answers for that, mm-hmm. um like even the morning routine of the memes or the joke I made into a discussion, where they would share whether their peer next to them or share with their group or their partners or right there as well. And again, I tried to make it relate some way to whatever I was teaching that day. Um, and I I didn't get to do it that much again because COVID happened. And so what I would have loved to do was kind of build on top of it so as a school year progresses make as the school year progress kind of increase like the complexity of certain jokes um yeah. and you know again making the humor relevant and i use it as an icebreaker and again the students really like that teacher who has that humor because i guess you can kind of be seen as a, as a cool teacher um but you know in reality you can actually Make it so it's effective with whatever it is you're going to teach. Uh, ELA and my kids did not like ELA whatsoever, and so I would try and pick like funny passages. Uh, and then I would act out whatever was in the passage, uh, particularly with the, like the folktales and hyperboles and similes and metaphors, you know, I'm as hungry as a horse. Mm-hmm. And I asked the kids, am I really going to eat a horse or, uh, we're in the same boat. And the kids like, I'll ask like, am I really talking about being in the same boat? And so. It was a great way, um, to connect the two, like the, the, whatever the content is, and then incorporate a little bit of humor as well. Uh, do you do something similar like that? I guess maybe picking out passages or maybe like a writing prompt that that's funny to keep the students engaged. <laughs>
1: Um, yes, definitely. So, um, you already mentioned the figurative language is super easy to do that with, um, you know, with hyperboles and similes and metaphors. Um, I do a lot of read alouds, um, especially with zoom. It's, it's still a way that I can, I can still incorporate them and, um, I find that with read alouds, you can touch on so many different topics. So many, you know, you can touch on figure language and, um, different reading skills. So, um, when I'm choosing read alouds, I try to find ones that are kind of funny or silly. Um, because picture books are, I mean, a lot of people think, Oh, they're just for little kids. Well, no, they have messages that are for older kids. Um, sometimes, especially with finding the read aloud, like on YouTube, there are some that have voices that are amazing. And you're like, Oh my gosh, the intonation and you know, this and that. Um, so that's definitely one way. Um, But in particular, so in fifth grade, we talk about um, the settlers coming from Europe. And so when we're talking about the King in England, there's a specific story that comes from a certain textbook that I used at my old school, which Is not part of our curriculum at my new school, but we live in the day and age where teachers find their own resources. Right. So, (laughs) um, I still use this story because it's all about how the King was kind of like a spoiled brat and the way he would behave and everyone just kind of went along with it because he was the King. And it allows me to, if I'm reading it, I can use all kinds of, um, you know, intonation and, um, movements and gestures and all this stuff to get the point across of why the people wanted to leave so badly. And, um, so that's like kind of the intro into this unit. And so during this unit, a writing piece that I've assigned to them is where, somehow it it fell around thanksgiving it always fell around thanksgiving so i'm like okay king george is coming to thanksgiving dinner so you guys are going to write me a story about like he's here and who else is there you know pick your characters and then paint me this picture about like how thanksgiving dinner goes down because we all know like thanksgiving you see people you don't always see and sometimes funny things happen and the stuff that they would come up with like oh and then he dropped his ro- Role. And, you know, the language, because it's like old English and thou and this, and, you know, and just seeing the creativity um, that they come up with after hearing all the, you know, the, they have the historical facts and then they, they know that he was kind of like off his rocker a little bit. He was kind of crazy. And then he was kind of demanding. And so, you know, put it from, imagine it coming from a fifth grader's perspective. They're like, oh, geez. And then they put in their lingo too, you know, like current day lingo. And it just, it's really funny the way they would come out. Um, But these kids learned like the historical accuracy, you know? So um, that's definitely something I've tried to do. I don't know, like how intentional I was when I was creating this, how intentional I was about like, okay, make sure it's humorous. I was just kind of trying to make it something fun where they would want to do it. And I think I got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you got it too. Um, supposedly there's like this three-step method that exists for delivering content, like humor, making it uh, content-relevant humor. And so this formula, I guess, is you introduce the concept without humor, and then you follow with a funny example or story or demonstration that relates to the content. And then lastly, at the very end, you, you tie it, everything together by summarizing the lesson and how it relates to that, like that funny example or story you had earlier in the middle. And so my high school math teacher was the master of this. And so we would start off the lesson. We would write the title and, uh, um you know, we we wrote the title in the beginning, like everyone just thought it was a generic title, like say for example, I think one of his he was teaching us about like circumference, circumference or pie, and oh, mm-hmm. the title will be like a full it'll be like l pie or something. I I don't know. And so then he would um he would teach us a lesson and then he would make a joke relating to that lesson, and at the very end, it was like the big reveal and how the title of the, the lesson all of a sudden became funny. Um, I think that example is like, oh, now do you see how it comes full circle or something like that? Mm-hmm. It was like, again, this this guy had like really highbrow humor, and he only <laughs> understood the joke if you understood the the, the content. Do you have a, I guess, I guess you're more like spontaneous kind of person, but do you ever have have a, like a routine or formula that you do for incorporating humor?
1: Um, no formulas. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I do like, as I'm thinking about it, um, in math, because there are so many, um, like there's acronyms that I, I mean, there's acronyms in math. And then I, I always make sure that, um, they use them so that Like, it's kind of like a safety net. Like when they're doing long division, there's the checklist, there's the dad, mom, sister, brother, cousin, which is like, okay, did you divide? Did you multiply? You know? And so that's how I introduce it to them. And I'm like, okay. Now let's come up with a different way. And so we, I was doing this yesterday with fourth grade and I'm like, okay, um, instead of dad, let's do donkey instead of mom, let's do monkey. And like just switching it up. And then they were coming up with their own little like mnemonic device, which is kind of like letting them take ownership of it. But the whole point is, even though they're just talking about some weird and like random animals that don't even live in the same place. Um they they're using the material and they're like when when you play with it I feel like something happens in the brain. They're going to remember this. They're going to remember like oh my god my my fourth grade teacher she was such a crazy you know. And then we all know like Pimdas for the order of operations. And so it's always been please excuse my dear aunt Sally and I'm like you guys I don't I don't know about you but I don't have an aunt Sally. I have an aunt Steph. So maybe we could say that um, and then like in science, when trying to remember the order of the planets, um, trying to, like in uh, challenging them to come up with their own thing. And they're like my very educated and like just coming up with something totally random and different. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's always in the moment with me. I never like okay, I'm going to throw in a joke right here. You know, it's, it's like in the moment, okay, what's going to work? What's going to stick for them? So, um, like I've even done like with division, the, d- the dividend is on the inside and the divisor is on the outside looking into the house. I call it the house. And I'm like the divisor, get it visor. He's wearing a <laughs> visor. He's blocking the sun, trying to look in the window. What a creeper, huh? And they're like, oh my gosh, mess on hell. And I'm like, I know. So, I mean, just stuff like that, whatever, is going to help them like grasp a concept and remember it. I will be the fool. I will act silly. I really don't care. Um, that's kind of like my take on it.
0: Yeah. Well, as long as they understand it's a win for me, no matter, yeah. uh, no matter how silly.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: So, yeah, it, you know, humor is great. Um, I know we've been talking about like the benefits of it, but there's, we, we do got to talk about certain things or warnings about humor in the classroom. And like the first one is... <sighs> Uh, if you're going to have humor, it shouldn't be offensive or hurtful. Um, even if you're doing kind of like laughing at yourself, also like, just be careful how you do it. And so humor is supposed to be a positive experience, so. Just make it non-hostile or non, you know, derivative of others, um, and, and definitely take into account your audience and make sure it's humor that every humor that everyone can enjoy and laugh at. Uh, for example, I would first consider the subject of the jokes. Uh, know your audience and be aware which subjects are off the table. Um, for example, I guess just in the area I work at, uh, it's a you know low social economic uh, community, and there's certain things that I know. It's some, some of my students might come from like broken homes or some are foster youth. Um, and so I just keep aware of certain humor that could be, you know, some of the students might be a little bit sensitive to it, or maybe the students went to a particular experience. Um, so that experience is off limits. Uh, even something like you know, I might make, might avoid avoided a, a pet joke cause someone's pet might have passed that week. And so, yeah. um, yeah, and I, those are things to consider. And, and I know it can be difficult to underst- for students to understand sarcasm, um, especially for me, the little ones now, because again, this is me introducing like humor to the kids for the first time, and they might not have been exposed to that kind of humor before. Uh, and sarcasm can only really be pulled off if you and your your students are on mm-hmm. agreement. Because if not, then you can kind of come off as a jerk, or like you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, I wish I was a guide <laughs> to to how to do humor, but it just all really depends on you on your students, you know, the community. Um, Um, So, yeah, but, you know, also being forward with them and letting them know if they don't know, like letting them know that you're being sarcastic, um, because if if they're in doubt, then they'll come home and they'll say, try and trying to deliver the joke kind of like how you did, Um, even though you're being sarcastic, then, you know, they might not have picked that up. And so, again, being straightforward, if they if they don't laugh or they don't know, I'll be like, hey, you know, hey, y'all, hey, friends, we're just I'm just joking. It's a joke. Um, and then I'll probably never use that joke again. (laughs) 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 Are, Are there particular things that you don't joke about?
1: Um, yes, definitely. There's definitely stuff that's off limits. Um, we, even if I'm like joking at myself, like making myself the joke, um, I make sure that I'm not doing negative talk that I'm not calling myself dumb or, Oh my God, I'm so stupid. Not even saying something like that because, um, we do a lot of, uh, directed drawings just for fun to kind of lighten things up. And I'll hear the students say to themselves, Oh, I hate mine. Oh, this sucks. And it's just like that negative talk that even though like, they're really not trying to like come off mean or anything, and they don't really think of themselves as like tearing them tearing themselves down uh but that's kind of what they're doing um subconsciously so modeling for them like hey no we're not gonna tear ourselves down tear anyone else down uh we definitely don't make fun of like other names or cultures or um languages um i I think i mentioned that my population is i want to say like 98 percent Uh, Hispanic or Latino and, um, our, our classroom doesn't have other languages besides English and Spanish. And so if we're watching a clip and the, the narrator has an accent, or if we're watching a video and it shows people from another country and they're wearing like a hijab or something, um, making sure that those are things that, we don't joke about those are actually things that we're going to show respect for. Um, like you mentioned, if somebody lost a parent or a pet or, you know, anything recently, um, uh, what else could it be? Um, I've also been very careful of even celebrating certain holidays like Christmas because I've had students who are Jehovah's witness and they don't observe it. And so just being sensitive to all of those things, um, like when we came back from break, I didn't want to say, Hey, what'd you guys do over break? It was more, is there, who would like, or who has something they want to share? It's just kind of like, um, if they want to share something and unfortunately people were sharing that, you know, family members passed away or something. So just always being sensitive to that and making sure that, um, if another student does laugh at that, like addressing it because, uh, we, I never want someone to feel unsafe or uncomfortable. And then I want the other students, like the ones who were laughing to understand, like, no, that's not appropriate. So yeah, I'm, I'm always trying to be sensitive to that because there are certain things that aren't funny and aren't jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah. You bring a good point of like the, you know, if it's, uh, Culture that students that might not have been exposed, and or even if it's a different language or something like that, mm-hmm. and the student might say, "Oh, why are they talking funny?" Oh, that take that moment. They're not talking funny. It's just a different language. Or why are they dressed like that? And you know, take that moment. You know, we we may dress a little differently than you know what our neighbors, you know, across the border or overseas might dress. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's I like that. Um, and then the whole thing about like sarcasm. If your students aren't aware that you're being sarcastic, then They'll be confused, or sometimes even be offended because they they don't know, and they think you're you're being you know, serious. And again, sometimes um, if it's just too much, like with a sarcasm, mm-hmm. then to avoid you know confusion, just I would end that joke kind of like in a positive tone, or just really emphasize my smile and be like, "I'm joking, I'm joking." Yeah. Um, and you know, the next thing is intent, and the humor should really. Only be used to like kind of compliment instruction. So again, that doesn't mean you have to turn your classroom to like the next comedy club. So I really use humor to kind of like really supplement what it is uh, I'm trying to do. Like I'm using humor to either be an attention grabber. I'm using humor to introduce this next concept. I'm using humor just to maybe for <laughs> social emotional learning that, you know, ease up the tension that they might have. So really focus and think about uh, what it is that I'm trying to do with the joke or what it is I'm trying to do with the humor in the classroom, you know, cause the last thing I want to do is you know, embarrass a student accidentally, or I don't want the joke to be confusing or the student to get the, the wrong idea. Um, for you, I mean, I think you you said this earlier, but like you just sometimes it's spontaneous with the humor or I think, yeah, you, you, you're you more of a winged person, right?
1: Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like some of the like best teaching moments come organically. Um, so, yeah, I'm uh, and I, I feel like just my my type of humor, my personality is just more like go with the Like I could write up a lesson plan and then. Have a, a an idea of how it's gonna be delivered, and then when I'm delivering it, I don't know. Like my personality takes <laughs> over, and it comes out way different, you know. So I'm, yeah, I'm definitely like the wing it type person.
0: <laughs> <sighs> All right, and then yeah, last thing I would definitely want to say is um, for those teachers again. So humor is not. It doesn't. Not every teacher has a. That, I guess that funny bone in them, and so is. Don't be afraid to be funny, um, but at the same time, don't don't try and force it too much. It should be an enjoyable process for you as well, because if you're really stressing out about it and and thinking about writing your like your lines, um, Mm -hmm. then it's not it's not not fun anymore. You know, keep it light. Have fun. You don't have to be the next great comedian, uh, you know. Um, sometimes avoid certain like slapstick humor, uh, or physical comedy because, uh, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not really there to, to entertain them that way. Um, you're, you are there to have fun, but not, you
1: know, yeah.
0: entertain them in that particular way. And I know sometimes humor can be playful banter between, uh, you and the students, uh, particularly with the upper grades, I guess they kind of like that, that banter. Um, so yeah, just making sure, you know, just let the class know that you're joking as well, because again, uh, if somebody who comes in watching and sees like that banter, um, they might not fully understand. Just make sure everyone's on the same page knowing that you're joking and that there's still that level of respect, um, even, to, even though you, know, you and your, your students are, are joking that way. Um, and then, you know, just at the end of the day, yeah, you know, let the class know that it's okay to be yourself. Um, and you know, if you're really stressed out about which jokes to say and which not jokes to say, you know, you shouldn't be feeling like you're walking on eggshells, you know, here, just try and have fun, you know, keep it upbeat. Um, but yeah. Uh, do you ever have jokes that you thought were pretty funny and they kind of just fell flat and how did you react to that?
1: (laughs) Um, not really. Um, (laughs) because, um, like, I feel like I'm not like telling jokes. It's just being silly in the moment. And, um, I'm like really obvious. And so if, if they don't get like, if it's not funny to them, okay. Like I'm still up here acting a fool, like (laughs) kind of dancing around and stuff. Um, it doesn't bother me either way. Um, What is funny, um, no pun intended, (laughs) um, my uh, principal, she, since we've been on distance learning, she records morning announcements, um, where like before our student council students would go up to the office and like, res- you know, do the announcements themselves. Um, but since this is a new thing, she has tried to incorporate like different things to engage everyone because like we're all zooming. Um, and so she has a section that's the, the joke of the day. And these are like some corny, like, some are <laughs> knock knocks. Like they're very corny. They're very like, okay. Like knee slappers. <laughs> (laughs) And, um, I have to, I pause it a lot and I'm like, okay, you guys, what do you think? And like, I kind of like explain it more to them because it's first thing in the morning. And a lot of them are like, I don't even want to be doing this joke of the day thing, you know? Um, and so I'll explain it to them. And then the, she'll say the punchline. I'm like, and I'll pause it again. And I'm like, Hey guys, wasn't that hilarious? Ha ha ha! And they're like, sometimes they'll laugh. And then sometimes they'll just look at me like, sure, whatever. Um, but my take on it is just like, I don't I'm, I'm silly all the time. And if they like it or not, I don't really care. Like it's not going to stop me. (laughs) I'm going to keep going. So, um, I think they know that too. And so they kind of like play into it. Um, but no, I don't, I've never had anything just fall super flat because I'm not doing like a knock, knock, you know, (laughs) type, type joke with them.
0: Yeah, that's good. At least, you know, if they don't laugh, at least you're laughing. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly.
1: Exactly, like, and I most of the time I am. So,
0: <laughs> you know, last thing I would say is um, again, don't don't stress out too much about it. You know, if it works, it works. If not, then that's okay. It's not the end of the world. And just because a certain type of humor works well, maybe with a teacher next door and their, you know kids are cracking it, but this joke doesn't mean it'll, it'll work with you. It's not one size fits all. But. Yeah. And so, with that being said, is there any advice that you would give to the new teachers or maybe those even thinking about entering the educational field?
1: Yes. Um, You have to be yourself. Like you just said, Um, you can't, like, okay, for example, my first. teaching assignment. I worked at a school and the first year I was hired, my... I call her my co-teacher. We taught, we both taught fifth grade. we were the only two fifth grade teachers. It was her first year. It was my first year. And we were both kind of thrown in at the same time. And it was like, okay, here we go. And we ended up working really, really closely together. And we would plan everything together. So... Um, one year we had triplets. I had one of them and she had two of them. And our curriculum, like our plan, was so um, similar that all three boys went home and they had the same homework and they had the same assignments and everything was the same. Now, if you went into my classroom and then you went into hers, our deliveries were completely different. We are different people. We are different teachers. Um, So you have to find what works for you as the teacher. You have to find what works for your group of kids, which changes every year. Um, You can't be the teacher across the way and you can't be like you know the teacher on instagram you have to do what's good for you and you have and it it changes all the time and you're gonna figure it out as the years go by and it's like a forever evolving thing so um i would say like don't sweat don't sweat the small stuff and just be yourself
0: (laughs) all (laughs) right that being said this been another episode of Teachers Care Society I want to say thank you to today's guest Aaron
1: and most importantly you the listeners see you next time